Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. It's something we've talked about in the show quite a lot, actually, in, in recent weeks. Um, and that's, I suppose, to do with access to uh, lactation consultants, information and supports for new mums as well around breastfeeding and whether or not Ireland is a breastfeeding friendly location. It is World Breastfeeding Week and that's why we're chatting about this today. Um, so I'm joined in studio by lactation consultant, also public health nurse and mum to uh, Katie Mugan. Katie, thanks a million for joining us today on the show. Thanks a million. Delighted um, to be here. Yeah, I was interested actually in chatting to you because every time we talk about breastfeeding in whatever form it takes, we always get so many messages from people who get in contact with queries and questions and, and I'm uh, not best advi- able to advise them uh, on that. So that's why I was interested in, in chatting to you today. And if people have questions or queries for Katie, you can give us a call if you want to talk to Katie yourself. It's 1800 453 106. Um, I do just maybe at the outset want to ask you about a point that was mentioned on the show in recent weeks. Um, and that's around the number of lactation consultants is it we just don't have enough do we not in Ireland through the public system no we're hugely lacking and there have been new appointments um made um they're there to offer but they haven't been filled yet i think depending on the location obviously some of the bigger maternity hospitals have more access but again they still fall monday to friday so if you've your baby on the friday you don't have access then over the weekend of specialist support. Um, and we know our initiation rates um, where a mother really wants to kind of maybe on at the beginning of her breastfeeding, at the beginning of having her baby, I want to maybe consider doing breastfeeding. Um, but we know that the rates drop drastically by the time they leave the hospital. Um, they're down to kind of 40% in a round. So it's a huge drop off rate. And that really is down to lack of support. And that's not against the staff in the hospital. It's just down to lack of uh, the number of staff. They're mm-hmm. available. Um, but if you have your baby over the weekend, there is no lactation support. Um, there are more positions coming available in the community setting. Um, but again, they have yet to be filled in every area. OK, so some of the messages coming in on WhatsApp. This listener says, can I breastfeed my baby and bottle feed at the same time? Can I alternate between the two? I do want to breastfeed for the first couple of days uh, of my baby's life, but I want her to get used to the bottle also. So the transition onto four formula will be easy. Can you please advise? Yeah, so this is a big one. A lot of parents uh, look at going down the combination route. Now, when we look at breastfeeding, um, we need, and the very early days, it's all about establishing milk supply. And in order to do that, you need regular and efficient milk removal. So if you're going down the, comp- like when we try to do combination feed, it's trying to uh, stimulate a good enough milk supply that will lead you to going down, de- like being able to feed for a prolonged period of time, but with the use of a bottle, you you kind of have to pick the time you're going to do the bottle and try to stick to it so that your supply can kind of regulate around that. Combined feeding can work very well for some women. They might choose to do it or sometimes it's in the position where they, they're not able to effectively uh, breastfeed, um, you know, uh, completely. So they go down that combination route. But yes, you can. Uh, can I give blood while breastfeeding? I'm five months postpartum. Do you know, I don't know against actually the blood board if they do or not. Um, there should be no reason why not if you're perfectly healthy and yeah. everything else, unless it's a contraindication. Out. I'm actually not sure. Um, 1800 453 if you want to give us a shout here today and chat to Katie yourself. Um, I've been breastfeeding for almost nine months. I have a wedding coming up where I'm going to be away for the night. The baby can take the bottle, wakes at night and looks for me. Is there anything I can do to prepare? 
well, I hope this mom has a really nice time away from the baby uh, on her first night away. So when it comes to her baby takes a bottle. So to be honest, it's just down to the caregiver that's left when they're giving the bottle back. Um, we often find with breastfeeders, they don't tend to be, if they're exclusive breastfeeders, they don't tend to be big, massive uh, bottle drinkers because when they effectively feed from the breast, they tend to take smaller quantities, but more often. So your baby might only take three to four ounces. That's perfectly normal for a breastfed infant that's taking the bottle or they might wake a bit more frequently. So it's just down to the person that's there to offer support um, and settle in other ways. So giving them lots of cuddles, lots of hugs, lots of snuggles in between it. Um, and then as soon as you get back, you go back to your breastfeeding. You just... Yeah, there's actually another one quite similar to that from, from another texter as well, Katie. Um, due to go away for a weekend, next weekend, baby's four months. I don't know how much I should pump in advance, quite anxious about it. So it's coming up quite close um, in order to pump. And I suppose you're pumping kind of residual after a baby's fed. So you obviously the baby gets fed by the breast now, but you're pump after in order to build up a bit of a stock for the freezer stash. Now, she might already have some freezer stash already there. Um, but really, you're probably looking at anywhere between three to four ounces every two to three hours, realistically, uh, for a four month old. It really does depend on the baby, how much they're taking. But I suppose if you don't have enough, um, I would always have a supply of formula in advance, like behind if you don't have it. When you're away, you just need to be really careful that you do pump as well whilst you're away from your baby just to prevent you from ending up with any issues yourself. Um, mm. Obviously, full breasts, if they're not stimulated regularly, if you have a very good milk supply um, and it's well established, that you could end up with mastitis or blockages. Uh, the text from a listener here in 87 106. That's the, uh, the free WhatsApp number. Uh, I'm trying to alternate um, between both boobs. I feed um, from when I feed. I'm struggling though to get the baby to latch onto the right side. Is there anything I can do differently? So it just depends as to why the baby is uh, preferring. Is it down to side preference or it can be down to flow? So sometimes babies will always go for the easiest flow. Um, Most women will have a breast that will produce slightly more. The flow is better. That will lead to the baby being uh, preferring that breast. Now, when it comes to the early days, we try to alternate breasts in order to make sure the milk supply comes in evenly. If If you start using one side more than the other, then the milk supply increases on that and it can dip on the other. That leads then to when the baby goes to the other side, the flow can be really slow, leads to them get agitated and fussy. That leads to mom switching back to the other side really quickly. And this can impact. So if it's down to flow, sometimes using a pump just to stimulate it back up or simply start with the side that they don't really prefer, even if it's for a short stint, then moving back to the good side uh, that they prefer and then even finishing on the other side. Okay. Another text, Katie. My baby isn't taking two bottles at all. Five months. I'm hoping to stop breastfeeding soon, though, because I'll be back um, at work. Just wondering how I can ease them off. So this is a tough one. Bottle refusal is quite common in the breastfed infant. I do do classes on this um, and consoles because it can take just a little bit more. But it's sometimes down to, I would always look at the bottle type you're using. I would look, um, the Leninsua bottle is probably the one I find most successful because of its graduated teat. Um, look at the type of milk. So if they're really fussing and refusing, I'd always look at maybe starting with express breast milk and then transitioning over to the formula. Um, I would always say generally babies will take warmer milk rather than cooler or room temperature because breast milk is naturally warmed from the body temperature to body temperature for the mother. Um, and then I would look at the timing. Don't pick their favourite feed. Don't pick the morning or the night feed where they're settling back to sleep. I'd always look at maybe mid-morning um, where they're a little bit brighter, more f- better form and they're more less resistant to take, their kind of resistance levels are lower. So, and then when you give the bottle go for the roof of the mouth, I would distract them by the environment initially. So whether that's by uh, something passing the window or something in front of them, whether it's a TV screen just to get them uh, to distract when you're giving 
Um, using your fingers to give a little bit of support to the cheeks, actually engaging the cheeks can actually lead to them sucking. And then don't once they start sucking, don't break it until they naturally tell you to break. In the early days, you might start with 10, 20 mils and they mm. take it. And then if you do it as regularly, so you do the same thing every day. So just remember, uh, distraction is your best friend and consistency is key. Doing the same thing every day will lead to them getting better with the bottle and then transitioning over. Just on the, the uh, to the texter that was asking about donating blood, there's a listener's got in touch to say they're a blood bank worker you cannot donate blood for 12 months there you after go. you've delivered your baby. Uh, 087-1400-106 is the WhatsApp number. Um, just quite a number of messages, Katie, that have come in today from people who say, you know, they query for you and want help and want advice, but they don't want to come on air. They're a little bit embarrassed to come on to ask their question. Um, are you surprised by that? Um, I am, I suppose. Sometimes they don't want, it can be that if they have a question and they don't want family members to recognise their voice, if they've got questions or queries, it can be down to that. Um, I, I am surprised actually. Like yeah. I do a lot of live Q&As on my Instagram and they are mad busy. I could have hundreds to um, like late hundreds coming up with questions that come in. I never get through them all. Well, it's funny. We often talk about the stigma. You know, a stigma yeah. being attached, you know, people feel uncomfortable talking about breastfeeding. And I'm yeah. just, it was surprised. It was one thing that has struck me actually from, from reading I just the wonder what the questions are coming in. That's they're coming in. Yeah. Well, well, one of them, um, I mentioned actually one or two of them around people been away at weekends and, and different things as well. Some of the messages are quite similar. This texture is wondering though, are there certain times of the day that are best to pump? Does it make any difference? Getting so just, it, I suppose the reason is if we, we try to avoid pumping in those very early days, um, in order just to get baby on the breast, get them effective at the breast so that you understand and baby kind of learn how to breastfeed together because it's a unique uh, thing for both mom and baby. Then if it is that uh, you just want to build a bit of a freezer stash, we try to avoid using bringing in a pump before the six week mark because the six week in around the first six weeks is all about calibrating milk supply. So that milk supply you have at the six week mark is the same volume you have at six months or at a year. It just tapers to the demand that's put to it. So if you... Um, we try to avoid increasing the milk volume way past what the baby needs. Otherwise, we end up with oversupply, which can be uh, more difficult to deal with than undersupply in some situations from others because now you're more at risk of mastitis and mm. plug ducts and all this kind of stuff. So if you want to pump just to build your milk or to build a bit of a freezer stash for events coming up, then I would always recommend pumping in the morning. Our milk supply we are is highest in the morning. So by pumping then after your baby's fed, so feed your baby first and then afterwards uh, pump for 10 to 15 minutes, whatever you get, that could be literally anything between 0.5 to 2 ounces is a normal residual uh, volume in the breast. Most moms see on Instagram and Facebook and all these places of like moms pumping huge volume, six, seven ounces, which is not accurate for the majority of mothers. Okay. Um, 087-1400-106. If you have a question here for uh, lactation consultant Katie uh, Mugan as well. I'm nine months pregnant and intend to breastfeed, but I want to know what should I know about alcohol? I miss wine, says this text. <laughs> I understand that. Um, so I suppose in the early days, it's just about getting you like, honestly, for the majority of moms, no matter how much you think you're going to really want a glass of wine, you're so fatigued. And so just getting over those uh, first few days, um, you, you're you not going to be that interested. I suppose we have to think of the newborn. They have immature kidneys. So anything that does go into the system, it takes time. Uh, for them to excrete it. So when we look at alcohol, it's not an outright ban. We have to consider that if you take in um, alcohol, it's not in our breast milk, it's in our milk, or it's in our blood stream. So if you are sober enough to drive, you're sober enough to breastfeed your infant. As your baby gets bigger, you can tolerate an awful lot more. It depends on your body mass. It depends on how much you can consume yourself without feeling um, past that point. So it depends for each of us. It depends on have we eaten? Are we fatigued? Our alcohol, when you take a glass of wine, can hit other women differently. Um, I would always recommend if you're going into 
going down the route of having a glass of wine, then feed the baby first. Have your glass of wine. Have your dinner with it. Have a glass, you know, drink fluids with that. You may end up possibly, depending on the age of that infant, possibly have a second glass, but that really depends on yourself. Um, a listener wondering, I'm still breastfeeding my 21-month-old and I'm away for three nights in September. Is this a good time to wean? I don't leave breast milk anymore if I'm not around but I've never been away from him for more than one night at a time definitely wouldn't complain if I came home when he was finished yeah, like weaning from the breast is a really emotive topic. That just really comes down to this listener. She might decide when she's away, actually, I'm done and dusted. When it comes to weaning, it can be a very difficult process. I can definitely speak as a mom of three or of four. My third caused more issues, would not take a bottle, found it really hard to wean. And for the majority of times, if I asked any friends or colleagues or, or uh, health professionals, all I got was just go away, leave them cried out, they'd be grand when you came back. Now that, like, that just wasn't going to sit with me. So for this mom, if he's actually, if this baby's used to being away, not looking for the breast, it's all about distraction in this infant. If she's happy to wean from that point, then when she comes home, she just doesn't go back to offering it. But she just needs to be careful of herself. The one time we were exposed, um, kind of not exposed, but we're a higher incidence of mm. mastitis is when uh, we're in the weaning process um, or at the very start of your breastfeeding journey. And that's because our breasts are left fuller. So you just need to be careful when you're away. You do not want to end up with mastitis. So if you're very full, you need to do some hand expressing or remove, kind of just alleviate any of the discomfort of fullness um, and slowly wean back off the breast. Just very briefly, um, Katie, in the final one, this listener says, I I have I had inverted nipples and got corrective surgery in my 20s. I'm not pregnant, but I am hoping to breastfeed. Is there any hope for me? Absolutely. I never say there's no hope for breastfeeding. Breastfeeding Breastfeeding doesn't have to be all or nothing. I suppose when it comes to any surgeries at the nipple where they have maybe been removed or put back, and that can be more so if we were uh, reducing the size of the breast. I have had a few clients that have had uh, nipple surgery done and it has impacted somewhat, but that doesn't mean they couldn't uh, breastfeed. Just it depends on how they respond. So a lot of the time when when you have surgery to the nipple, the pores can find a new pathway out, um, but it just depends on the individual mom. Mm. But I would say do a breastfeeding prep class, um, educate and empower yourself so that when it comes to the other side, you can make an informed decision. Lactation consultant, Katie Mugan. Katie, thanks a million for joining us here yeah, in studio today. It just shows you the, the interest, you know, and number of people getting in touch. There's still loads more messages we didn't get to. We will keep them on file. We will try and get back to this again, though, uh, perhaps in, in coming weeks. It's the Nursing Mama on Instagram, isn't it? Is that the account? That is nursingmama.ie. Brilliant. Listen, Katie, thanks a million for joining us on the programme today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.